1: So there are uh, reports online of a uh, troubling domestic violence arrest involving former Ohio State football player Darren Lee, first round pick of the New York Jets. Uh, Mr. Lee um, it at least is reported, attacked a woman uh, in a home, I'm not sure if it's his or not. Uh, Dublin police responded. and uh, when they got there, uh, the woman was rescued by two other women in the home. And then the two other women told police of a previous assault dating back to October, uh, which they allege Darren Lee also committed. So we will see uh, where that goes, but the details are um, very, very ugly. And um, because of Darren Lee's notoriety as a former Ohio State football star, and he was a star, he's a first-round draft pick, and he was the defensive MVP of the Sugar Bowl win that gave Ohio State the national championship at the end of the 2014 season. Uh, That is why uh, it is news. Uh, I wanted to spend, as I uh, just covered the story of Dylan Mulvaney, the fake woman. And here's the thing. um, I'm really amazed at the silence of people who have spent years, decades, maybe more than decades, advocating for women's rights. I am astounded at their silence when someone like Dylan Mulvaney who presents a caricature of women. Like Dylan Mulvaney dresses like a woman the the uh stereotypical woman from like the early 1960s. Like Dylan Mulvaney dresses like a like a Leave It to Beaver mom, only a woke Leave It to Beaver mom, okay? Like just like a Barbie doll. Like all the things that women's rights advocates have said. No, women are, you know, women are tough and women can compete in sports. And women we're not just like domesticated servants. That's how Dylan Mulvaney poses. Okay. Which is, should be, should be very offensive to uh, accomplished, confident women. Likewise, why don't women who fought for Title IX stand up? and protest vociferously against men dressed as women winning sports competitions and taking those honors and accolades away from women. I I don't get it. Well, I do get it. It's fear of being called an ugly name. You're transphobe. You're homophobe. You're anti-gay. That's why. That's the only... Plausible explanation why. It can't be that they believe if they have been, and they have been, advocating for equal pay and, you know, all the other things that women are certainly entitled to. If you've been advocating for that, you cannot buy into the fact that, oh, you know, all you have to do to be a woman is just say you are. Like, all you have to do to be the first female four star admiral is be a dude and say you are a woman. It's ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. And it is also. Uh, evil. It is evil. I, yesterday, came across something online. A blog written by uh, a woman named Rosaria Butterfield. Now, Rosaria Butterfield is an amazing story. Uh, a, uh, a Rosaria Butterfield used to be an LGBTQ advocate. Rosaria Butterfield then came to Christ... And in, I presume, reading the scriptures, realized how at odds her gay lifestyle was with the truth of God and the way that God calls people to live. And Rosaria Butterfield turned away from the LGBTQ movement. But initially she did not turn away from using the preferred pronouns that I refuse to use with Dylan Mulvaney. Dylan Mulvaney is a guy masquerading as a woman. I will not call Dylan Mulvaney her or she, because Dylan Mulvaney is a he. Rosaria Butterfield, writing yesterday, says this. A civil war has erupted within the evangelical church, and the idol of the LGBTQ plus movement is dividing the house. The issue is personal, political, and spiritual for me. In 1998, I became one of the first crop of so-called tenured radicals in American universities. I proudly touted my lesbian street cred. Then a year later, Jesus Christ called me to repentance and belief, and I became a despised defector of the LGBTQ plus movement. Yes, that is accurate. If you leave that movement, you are despised. You are targeted, you are demonized, you are attacked. And Rosaria Butterfield said that In order to be inclusive, in order to be winsome, in order to be tolerant, she continued to use preferred pronouns of transgender people. But she has recently come to understand that issue more deeply, and she wrote the blog to, she said, publicly repent of her sin. Yeah, see, it's not a choice or a 50-50, or a coin flip on whether or not you're going to use preferred pronouns. It is a sin to use someone's preferred pronouns that are at odds with their genuine identity. Not their perceived identity, not their preferred identity, not their make-believe, pretend identity, but their authentic identity, which is established by God in the womb when you were born. Well, it's announced to all of us when you were born. God knows it before that. Rosaria Butterfield says this, My use of transgender pronouns was not a mistake. It was sin. Public sin requires public repentance, not coarse correction. I have publicly sinned on the issue of transgender pronouns, which I have carelessly used in books and articles. I have publicly sinned by advocating for the use of transgender pronouns in interviews and public Q&As. Why did I do this? I have a bunch of lame and backside-covering excuses. Here are a few. It was a carryover from my gay activist days. I wanted to meet everyone where they were and do nothing to provoke insult. But she says, The codification of gay marriage and the LGBT plus civil rights agenda launched a collision course between the LGBTQ plus movement and the Christian faith. The LGBTQ plus movement's understanding of itself as morally good conflicts with the biblical account in Genesis 1.27. The LGBTQ plus movement, Rosaria Butterfield writes, comes from Satan as a reflection of the world, the flesh, and the devil. It is not part of God's creational design. It is rebellion against the creation ordinance. So Rosaria Butterfield writing about all this and why it's wrong, why it is uh, a sin. It's a very deep piece. I will try to remember to put it on the Bruce Hooley Show uh, Facebook page. And let me just uh, sum up the end of it here. She says, do you know the difference between making false friends and loving your enemies? Jesus was a friend of sinners, which means that by His precious blood, He ransoms all who repent, believe, and put their trust in Him. He makes former enemies into His friends through His blood. The world, the flesh, and the devil are not Christ's friends. Trans identities and Jesus are not compatible. You must pick one or the other. Christians need to learn how to love their enemies, but not pretend that their enemies are their friends. Christians who use the moral lens of the LGBTQ plus personhood are not merely a soft presence in the enemy camp. Their malleability makes them putting in the enemy's hands. They make false converts to a counterfeit gospel that bends the knee to the fictional identity of the LGBTQ plus movement. They reject the clarity of the word of God and replace it with garbage. By doing so, they have rejected the gospel truth that Jesus is the only way to salvation. Rosaria Butterfield is uh, now married to a uh, former Presbyterian pastor. She's a homeschool mom, author, and speaker. So uh, that was powerful, and um, I'll have a little more to say on that, including a local pastor who vehemently disagrees, and it will not shock you to know, I vehemently disagree with him. All right, the judge in the uh, Trump case has said that they will not allow uh, cameras in the courtroom today when Trump is uh, read the indictment against him. Yahoo reports it's 34 felony counts, all the lowest-level felonies, uh, type E, level E, series E, whatever, Uh, But each one of those, if he's found guilty on it, which I doubt he will be, uh, results in four years in prison. So they really would put Donald Trump in jail, if they could, for 120 years for putting in the wrong column on his balance sheet an amount of money that he paid to uh, quiet a porn star from talking about her liaison with Donald Trump, which she's already done and then denied and then denied she'd done. The whole thing is nuts. By you, the way... Do you think he puts it in physically? He writes it?
0: you think he has people doing that I, for
1: him? I would it? assume he has people. I, that's, I have people who do that. Y- I would think y- Trump would have
0: people. I, I'm your guy. So.
1: <laughs> uh, the judge in the case is uh, Juan Mershon. And his daughter, it turns out, worked for the Kamala Harris presidential campaign. <laughs> I mean... You just cannot make this stuff up. <laughs> okay, whatever. Like, and the Democrats will go, oh, that's a coincidence. There's nothing to see here. Okay, fine. Uh, here is a letter to the Columbus Dispatch. Headlined, Blood Boiling Hate. Now, I would typically say that uh, this headline on a letter to the editor is unbecoming of a pastor writing the letter, except that, At the end of his letter to the editor, he said that what he's railing about makes his blood boil. So I do find it to be uh, an applicable headline. Uh, Unflattering for a pastor, but nevertheless applicable. Now, what has Mr. Andy Burns' blood boiling? Well, he says, I am an ordained elder in the United Methodist Church. The church I serve as associate pastor has several transgender people who are beloved contributing members. Well, no, there's a problem. Uh, They can come to your congregation and they can be beloved and they should be beloved, but not as members and definitely not as contributing members because they're living in sin. Andy says, as one of their pastors, I'm very concerned about their well-being in the current political climate, which shows them nothing but hate and rejection. Really? Really, Andy? Have you not noticed The aftermath of the Nashville shooting, really nothing but hate and rejection. I don't think that was hate and rejection from the podium at the White House the other day when Corinne Jean-Pierre said that their hearts go out to the transgender community. I don't think it was hate and rejection when Joe Biden said that transgender people are the soul of the nation. I don't think it was hate and rejection when a bunch of transgender activists staged a transurrection in the Kentucky and Tennessee and one other state house, state government. I think that was anything but it was hate and rejection of Christianity. It was hate and rejection of the Second Amendment. It wasn't hate and rejection toward the transgender community. And then Andy gets to the thrust of his letter. Ohio House Bill 6, the so-called Save Women's Sports Act is one manifestation of this hate and rejection of transgender people. Despite its name, the Save Women's Sports Act. Andy says, this bill won't save or protect anyone. Let me stop here. Yes, it will. It will save and protect my daughters from having to compete in high school sports and hopefully college sports too, although I think they dropped that from the bill. It will save my daughters and other people's daughters from having to compete in high school sports against biological men. That is who it will save. Hence, Andy, the name Save Women's Sports Act. But Andy says, this bill would only prohibit transgender students from playing the sports they want to play. Shall I repeat that so you can hear how deep of a lie that is? This bill would only, I just said what it would do, so it won't only do what Andy alleges it will do, which it will not do. This bill would only prohibit transgender students from playing the sports they want to play. Uh, Nope. A transgender student who wants to play basketball can still play basketball, Andy. They just can't play women's basketball. They have to play boys' basketball. If they're a boy, they have to play boys' basketball. It doesn't do anything to prevent them from playing the sport they want to play. You could maybe parse the argument and say, well, I have a biological boy who wants to play softball, and there is no boy's softball, so he can't play girl's softball. And you would, you know, semantically maybe be right, although he could play boy's baseball. But no, it will not only prohibit transgender students from playing the sports they want to play. In fact, it will not prohibit at all transgender students from playing the sport they want to play. It will only allow them to play the sport that matches the biological sex that matches there. Andy writes, this bill sends the message that we do not want trans people in our society. Now, I haven't read the entire bill, but I know Jenna Powell, who proposed the bill, and I know Gary Click, who supports the bill. And I'm going to go out on a limb that's really sturdy that I could jump up and down on and it wouldn't break, in saying that there is nothing in this bill that says, we in the state of Ohio do not want transgender people in our society. Alan, do you think I'm safe jumping up and down on that limb? Uh, yeah,
0: and I'm on it with you.
1: <laughs> and I think I weigh more
0: than you do. So Yes. And he
1: says our trans siblings, so now they're his brothers and sisters in transdom, are already losing hope. Well, I I have a solution, Andy. Andy, and and, I, and it appears from your letter that you, Andy, are uniquely qualified to take care of this issue. Because you start by saying, I am an ordained elder in the United Methodist Church. And then you say, I serve as associate pastor. So when you write, our trans siblings are already losing hope, I have a suggestion for you, Andy. How about if you preach the authentic gospel of Jesus Christ to them? I presume you know it. It appears from your letter you've forgotten it or clouded it with a bunch of woke, feelings-based, politically-infused nonsense. But if you have people in your church, Andy, who are beloved and attending regularly, I would suggest that if they have lost hope, or anyone in your congregation has lost hope, preach to them the fact that no matter what their sin, Jesus provides a way to be forgiven from it by his death and resurrection at the cross. See, salvation is not rooted in our individual behavior. Thank goodness, because I would be wholly unqualified for it. Salvation is based in the fact that even though none of us are good enough, can never be good enough. Jesus lived a sinless life, died on the cross as the atonement for our sins, was raised to new life three days later by the same power of the exact same Holy Spirit that you can have living inside you to help you or your transgender friends conquer the sin in their life that has clearly become an idol that they elevate above obedience and submission to Jesus Christ on all things. That restoration, that redemption is available to all. And so Anyone in your congregation, Andy, who has lost hope, hit them with the gospel of Jesus Christ.
0: Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military.
1: Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit
0: of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.